Well, so to that person, so I think um, it doesn't have to be 100% cyclic dextrin. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I agree. my advice to them would start out with 50 grams of cyclic dextrin and do 50 grams of dextrose, or I just use Gatorade with people a lot of the time. Like I'll do a full Gatorade, which is about 54 grams of carbs plus the cyclic dextrin that we want to use. The, the most I'll do is a one-to-one -one ratio of a low molecular weight with a high molecular weight carb. Okay. But that, that change, it's so individual with everybody, right? Because some people can only handle, say, 25% of a low molecular weight carb with 75% of a high molecular weight carbohydrate and, and see no issues. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. With Andrew Barry, I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Guys, True Nutrition has been with us for a long time. The reason that they uh, advertise with our podcasts is because I asked them to. They're a company that I've believed in for years before they ever advertised with us. A company that I've used through my preps, company that I suggest to others. If you guys have any questions about them, let me know. And if you want to support our programming, use our code THINK. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. They have great deals that change week to week. So if you're in Canada, check them out and get all sorts of great blowout deals. In fact, I saw um, I saw some uh, some really great uh, deals recently. It's not coming to mind, so I'll just I'll just keep moving. Uh, Strong Sports Nutrition uh, for those of you in the UK, a lot of great health and performance supplements over there. If you're in the UK, you guys already know about Strom. I'm here with Andrew Barry, and uh, we're going to record the last episode of BSG for the year, man. Skip was supposed to be here. So if you're asking for Skip, we, we wanted him. We tried. We tried, right, Andrew? How about this? Why don't you guys leave a comment in the uh, comment section saying, Skip, where are you? What were you doing? What was more important than Blood, Sweat, and Gear this week? Mm, I like the sound of that. Yes, yes. So we have uh, we have some fun stuff lined up. We're going to have an interview with Dave Tate. Uh, up next that's that's going to be our next episode of blood sweat and gear so i'm freaking pumped for that and uh today andrew and i are going to talk about uh intra-workout carbs plus we've got your listener questions if you guys want to take part in the next show then comment below comments likes all that stuff it helps to boost us in the algorithm plus we can tackle your questions on the show and if you're new here let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week Tons of education, entertainment from guys like this guy, IPB Pro Andrew Barry, coach extraordinaire, and myself. What's up, man? What's up? Let's do some uh, intra-workout carb stuff. You know, it's it's a topic sure. we've been holding out on. When we had Stu on the program, he was sitting there with us hanging out. He had a big old shaker cup. I thought it was a shaker. Big old shaker cup of like 50 grams of just pure dextrose that he was mm -hmm. sipping on post-workout. Um, and, and, um, we got some comments, people were maybe one person, Lucas was saying like, what's the purpose of an intro workout? Why would you want to use dextrose in your training? I mean, to start out, man, I remember when dextrose was literally the only option for your intro workout carbs. Do you remember that? Dextrose and maltodextrin. Those were the like, two. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest doing either of them, but yeah, I, I think I told you guys before I used to take, um, I can remember being either a junior and senior in high school, mixing cell tech with oh, yeah. um, creatine, glutamine, branched chain amino acids and drinking that and then throwing up halfway through the workout. But, <laughs> well, you know, cause like the, 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 the dextrose and the, the, um, the flavor was so cit like sharp citrusy that yeah. it had this crazy aftertaste and it just seemed like it expanded in your stomach the whole time you're training. Yeah. And, yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that. I do actually remember one time I, I actually, if you ever did this, I shook up um, 
you ever hear the Hani story with Ronnie Coleman? I don't know. When they were mixing up some BSN pre-workout and they were test driving like Porsches or Lamborghinis and Ronnie's sitting there shaking it up and and the thing went all over the fucking car. Oh, all shit. All over the car. Oh, my ever, God. Okay, so if you haven't listened to Hani's podcast talking about Ronnie Coleman, it's it's excellent. It's one of his first ones he ever did. I can't even remember the name of his show, but it, it, I started listening to that like two years ago and it was pretty good. But anyway, they just got out of the car and walked away. Like, <laughs> like just walked away but i did that in the gym one time and it got like it covered like six people and because oh, that God. stuff would just be explosive sometimes all yeah. the muscle tech products yeah but, yeah i could never afford that i never had that you know i never had like the good name brand uh creatine i always just had like the off-brand stuff and then you'd mix it with your own sugar you know and that and that's what we had <laughs> I knew that I remember I was like, lucky. everybody was like sponsored back then. So I knew everybody around me that were competitors. They all had like their muscle tech sponsorship and they had it, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. I was lucky because I knew, you know, I was friends with all the guys that were older than me that worked at GNC. You're right. And they might have been unscrupulously um, <laughs> finding damaged product and then reselling <laughs> it to high school kids for very cheap. Yeah. And so, you know, $10 for a bottle of Celtech and you know, $30 for a big jug of uh, muscle tech protein or optimum nutrition, hundred percent whey or whatever, which was great for like, you know, a high school kid when, you know, finances are really, really slim. So, yeah. I remember uh, when yeah. vitamin shop uh, used to have their like closeout table, the one by my house, like they had everything on that table. Like I'd buy mm-hmm. all my supplements and on top of it, there'd be like, like um a, like a box of lean body shakes like the little individual mm-hmm. packs and you'd get like you know $15 for this big box it would be like well I guess I'm using these this week you know on top of yeah. my food you know that kind of I thing. actually used to eat protein bars back then because they yeah. would always you know they'd get expired and be discounted and uh I actually put a story up the other day cuz I have a female client she's a state trooper and she's tasked with guarding our governor like like oh. 24/7 like see type stuff when he's on the road and um, so she can't eat her five meals a day so for her she gets a breakfast and then maybe a dinner time when he sits down to have dinner and she has to order whatever the restaurant's serving basically yeah but i was trying to come up with options for her because she can't carry a water bottle she she can't carry bodybuilding related stuff but she can slide a protein bar in her um you know, in her uniform somewhere. Right. So I put a big story out and I got to say thank you to everyone because I got about 90 different responses, which oh, was almost information overload because I had to go through like all the bars. But people, a lot of people were high on the Bear Bell. I don't know if you ever heard of those protein Bear bars. Bell. No, I haven't. But I'll have to look. I never heard of half these brands. I, I'm not a protein bar guy. Um, but, but you know, in this situation for her, I think yeah. it'll serve her well because we just got to keep calories going through her. She's in the off season and, uh, you know, she's got to eat. I've worked with a prison guard and and actually we're going to pick back up here in the next week or two. And he couldn't bring food in at all. Like he wasn't allowed to bring, he's not allowed to bring food into the prison. Everything has to be completely checked out. And, and he would take like sandwich baggies and put all his meat in the sandwich baggies and then like basically crotch it or put it on his leg, you know, in his sock and just smuggling his lunch in. He's smuggling his food into the prison. That's for himself, you know, for himself. Yeah. But we won't mention names. I'm not throwing you out there, bud. Don't worry. Uh, That's different than our prisons up here because I've got several guys that I'm friends with at our gym that work in our local prison. And um, 
one of them's made like 30 pounds of progress this year. The kid's like, he's like six foot five. He's probably 275, 280 right now. And like, he's got full abs and everything. And he's like, do you think I should compete this year? He's asked me every year for like four years. I'm like, you absolutely should compete this year, dude. You're going to be a monster. You're going to be 250 yeah. on stage, which how many people can say they're 250 in shape on stage their first time they, they get on a bodybuilding stage at a local show? You know? yeah. how, how tall is he? Ballpark. He's like 6'4". Six, four, six, okay, four, so six, tall five. guy, but still, that's big. I don't care. But, but he doesn't look lanky. He, no? he doesn't look lanky, though. No. Okay. Dude, we've got some specimens at our gym. We've got this guy. He's like, you, you ever see Javon Curse, the football player? I don't think so, no. Big tight end, like six foot four or five, you know, 275 pounds. Jack, okay. this, this kid, would, this guy, he's, just, he's another state trooper. He would be, he'd be a classic physique pro within two years if he really wanted to. And he's a hundred percent natural too right now. Um, I, I, I try to work on him a little bit. Like, like you ever need a coach, buddy, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I never, ever proposition people that they should of course. coach them. Yeah. But like, so actually I, I tell Rachel, I have Rachel working on him. Like, Hey, yeah. you know, if, you, if you need a coach, Andrew knows what he's doing. You know, if you, if you really want to pursue this thing. That's but, great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So carbs though, you know, like back in the day, I, I do remember that was the first thing I'd use. I had used, mm-hmm. we would use uh, dextrose, maybe starting out at five, 10 grams. It grew from there and we would mix that with BCAAs. That was our first intro workout. I did notice mm-hmm. a difference, you know, and, and part of that was feeding insulin, you know, using mm-hmm. pre-workout insulin over time that improved. We got like your waxy maze, your carbolin, stuff like that. And eventually we graduated to highly branched cyclic dextrin Although highly mm-hmm. branched cyclic dextrin is expensive, man. It's it's hard. We had a we had a guy recently comment. He was like, You guys are talking about taking a hundred grams of highly branched cyclic dextrin. He was like, I'm gonna need he's like, How can I afford to do that to run my humalog and still not be homeless? You know, I mean, it's expensive, man. He's got a point. He's got yeah. a point. But you know, well, first maybe we should talk about why is highly branched cyclic dextrin a better choice than dextrose or maltodextrin sure. or one of the other carb sources, right? And it comes down to the molecular weight of the carbohydrate. With um, you know, dextrose being somewhere around eighty grams per mole on one spectrum. Okay, okay. so it it, it, it it's uh, got a low molecular weight versus something like highly branched cyclic dextrin, which is somewhere in the range of, let's say 200,000 grams per mole. So very okay. high molecular weight, right? Yeah. So what does, what does that mean? It means that the low molecular weight carbohydrates like dextrose have a very uh, high osmolarity, meaning it's going to cause blood to rush into the gut to aid in the digestion process. Whereas the high molecular weight carbohydrate has a low osmolarity, meaning that it's going to basically just bypass the the stomach and go right into the intestines and then enter the bloodstream. So the ease of digestion is the biggest thing. Yeah. You ever notice if you look at it, I was going to say, if you look at it this way, because I paint the picture like this, like try eating a steak and rice meal in between sets of, you know, any leg <laughs> exercise or any exercise in general, right? Sure, sure. Well, you just know you're going to be running to the bathroom, throwing up or, or going the other way, right? Yeah. Because A, you're, you're, you're sending confusing messages of sympathetic, which is your fight or flight, what you want during training, right. and your parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest. And right. it just confuses the body and the body says, get this shit out of me one way or another. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have a good workout. And you could tell the difference too. If I were to use a highly branched cyclic dextrin post workout, I'm still hungry. 
Like there's, it doesn't say, yes. you know, if you use yeah. a, it's something like a sugar, you know, which a dextrose mm-hmm. or, or a maltodextrin, those are the worst, you know, you drink yeah. 50 grams of that and I'm going to be full for the next two hours. You know, it just, it doesn't feel right. I'm not going to have that like empty, that good empty feeling you want post-workout where your body Absolutely. wants more food, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, I think Lucas asked the question of like, well, why would you want to put any type of nutrition in your body during training, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that was his main concern or question, you know, and I look at it as, okay, well, we have a way of basically taking your post-workout meal and moving it into the intra-workout space without interrupting that sympathetic drive that you need during training. So in, in essence, it means you don't literally have to rush after training to get home to eat because you've already had that nutrition in your body. That, that That's one benefit, right? It's yeah. in a way, it's like a way of fitting an extra meal in during the day. Okay. Absolutely. Especially, is. which is, which is so important when you're in a growth phase, right? The hardest part for any bodybuilder over 200 pounds is, oh, I got to get this next meal in and you're watching the clock. And then if you're five minutes over, it means you're going to push five minutes back to the next meal. And if you have that set bedtime, it just keeps pushing everything back or you're compounding meals on top of each other, which has its own set of issues with messing with di- digestion, messing up your insulin sensitivity, et cetera, and, and just crushing your appetite in general. But <clears throat> So you mentioned um, increasing your insulin during training, right? Right. Well, what, what does insulin do? It stops muscle protein breakdown, promotes muscle protein synthesis, AKA anabolism and stops catabolism. So in a way, in essence, it's a way of rebuilding while you're breaking down at a faster rate. Yeah. On top of that, you're hypoglycogenating your tissue. So you're bringing and the other thing, and Justin Harris touched on this about, I remember 15 years ago, Cyclic dextrins are actually used in a lot of products, non-bodybuilding or non-food related. Yeah. Like they're used in, cl- in cleaning. Uh, for, for, for breeze is one thing that he mentioned, right? Yeah. Because, and if you've ever looked up the structure of cyclic dextrin, uh, it's got kind of like a net cone shape is yeah. what he described. And he's yeah. 100% right about that. And it actually does help carry amino acids, electrolytes, sodium, potassium, calcium, et cetera, into the muscle tissue. Yeah. And we all know that... The more, the more stuff that you can put into the muscle tissue, the more anabolic it is, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a dumbed down term, but the more stuff you can drive into the muscle tissue, the more anabolism you're promoting because now you have a stockpile of all of these things, whether it's nutrition, cofactors, et cetera, that are useful to building muscle. And you will see the difference, or a lot of people will. One of the things I've noticed is, um, and, and I'll ask people, when we add in a highly branched cyclic dextrin or any intra-workout carb, my next question is, is pay attention to how sore you feel after your workouts. Pay attention to your recovery. And I've personally mm-hmm. seen and I've seen with the people I've worked with a difference when you add that in. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be a lot to get that included, that increased benefit. Like like with uh, Andrea Watson, we were using a half mm-hmm. a scoop. We we're using like 12 grams. And I've seen yeah. for some people even a half a scoop being enough to be able to get mm-hmm. that to get that that change, you know, get recovery to happen well, possibly a little faster. How, how much are you using uh, for your training sessions these days? Personally, I'd use 25. I don't go a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I used to drive it up really high. But for mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I'm not really training heavy right now. Right. And I'm yep. not at a point where it would make a lot of sense to push it. But I do like that recovery benefit that I get from it. How about yourself? Yeah. Uh, right now, only 40 grams. Right. Okay. And yeah. and I've gone as high as 150 grams of carbohydrates sure. into work, into workout now. And I'm going to say this because I think people might notice that their ability to tolerate 
I'm going to say fluid volume in the stomach might change over time as they age. It mm. might get better or worse because in my mid twenties, it was nothing for me to put down two and a half liters of fluid during a training session with Absolutely. 150 grams of cyclodextrin and whatnot yeah. and, and, and not think twice about it, not have any digestive issues. Whereas if I try to push over 40 now without using insulin, I'm finding that I'm struggling to get my drink down. Yeah. And, um, and I've got some friends who we try throwing in uh, cl clients and friends, we try throwing intro workout in and they're like, dude, like I just can't handle it. And I'm like, well, what product are you using? And, and we, you know, we run the gamut. We try different, different brands of products to see if it might just be an issue with the product. And some people just can't handle that fluid volume weight in their stomach at all, or even just passing through them. They yeah. barely like to drink water during training. So that's one question that, or one, one thing that's, that someone needs to determine when trying to use intra workout, is it a net positive or a net negative? And in this True. case, for some of these people, it is a net negative because they just felt like they were being bogged down no matter what source we were using. Especially now, the other thing I was, I want to add something to that, especially yeah. when when the uh, that the amount goes up, that water volume has to go up. You know, one of the yes. things, the biggest mistakes I think I've seen people make is not using enough water to mix their highly branched cyclic dextrin or any workout, mm -hmm. intra workout carb. We want it to be like super, super thin. You know, I've, I've mm -hmm. seen people try to mix it in like half a shaker cup and it's almost like a sludge. Mm -hmm. If you do that, that's nah. going to be any carb. I don't care what it is. That's going to be a recipe for like gastric issues while you're training. But if you can get it like super, super thin, I think that that's going to give us the best chance of getting good digestibility. And mm -hmm. and I do think, too, with that that tolerance to water that we can we can build that up with time. I, I couldn't expect somebody to go in who's say like we have somebody who's used to drinking a liter of water per workout. I couldn't mm -hmm. expect them to go in and go straight to two and a half the next day. Mm -hmm. But we could slowly build that and like you have to be vigilant too, remembering to like sip mm -hmm. between every set, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. And over time we can build it up. I saw it in my own life. I've you know and I've I've seen it in others. Oh, 100%. That, but it takes time. Um, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to add that in. But what were you going to say next? No, well, no, you're 100 percent right about that. And, and, and I mean, everything we do is training, right? We we train yeah. from point A to point B, and there's no difference when you're talking about titrating up the amount of fluid volume you can push through your body during your training session. I, I agree with that 100. Um, percent But I was going to say to I think I, I don't remember what the person's name was that you said that was like, well, how am I going to afford 100 grams of cyclic dextrin and my hemolog? It, it was a recent comment so, though. It was funny. Well, so to that person, so I think um, it doesn't have to be 100% cyclic dextrin. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so my advice to them would start out with 50 grams of cyclic dextrin and do 50 grams of dextrose, or I just use Gatorade with people a lot of the time. Like I'll do a full Gatorade, which is about 54 grams of carbs plus the cyclic dextrin that we want to use. The, the most I'll do is a one-to-one -one ratio of a low molecular weight with a high molecular weight carb. Okay. But that, that change, it's so individual with everybody, right? Because some people can only handle, say, 25% of a low molecular weight carb with 75% of a high molecular weight carbohydrate and, and see no issues. But I, you know, when those, those times when I was doing 150 grams of carbs with like 10 to maybe 12 or 15 units of insulin, I would do probably somewhere between 80 and 100 grams of cyclic dextrin and um, about 75 grams of Gatorade, whether okay. it come from a powder, they're already pre-made or some other dextrose yeah, solution. Yeah. I've done and that I same think, thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at the net molecular weight of the carbohydrates you're pushing your body, it's still at a high enough molecular weight that it's not causing blood to leave the exercising tissue rush towards the gut with the signaling of digestion. So, and this is where someone needs to play around with it themselves. 
And you know what I found too, and, and Scott had a great comment I'll bring up here in a second, but you know what I found too, that um, I found that highly branched cyclic dextrin doesn't necessarily keep me from going hypo. Like I almost mm-hmm. need a little bit of that fast acting mm-hmm. carb mixed in with it if I were using like a decent amount of intra-workout insulin. Generally, if mm-hmm. we're talking like three units or something like that, I'm probably going to be all right. But when I used to use 10 to 12 units of insulin and it was going to be directly pre-workout and I was really relying on that intra-workout shake, I found that having some level of dextrose in there, you know, helped. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you notice any Absolutely. difference as far as going hypo intra-workout with different carbs? I honestly can't remember. I don't okay. think so. I mean, the goal with any intra-workout and or the goal, goal with using insulin at all, intra-workout is to never go hypo, right? Right. So you, in my opinion, you always want to underestimate or, or overestimate your your, um, your carbohydrate needs in terms of the insulin. And in my mind, that means use less insulin than you think you're going to need. You can, yes. you can always titrate up the next workout. And you can also look at, okay, my, my leg training causes this effect versus my, my, my chest and delt training might require... The, you know, this much. So yeah. there, there's going to be some difference because of the amount of energy you're using during the, the those individual workouts. Yeah. Uh, so what Scott said, for reference, at least as far as carbs during endurance exercise, optimal water and carb absorption is 68%. Yeah. And I think uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, those studies came from uh, uh, sw- uh, studies in swimmers in okay. I think China or um, Japan. I can't remember, but there's a series of studies that came out because cyclic dextrins were studied for endurance athletes. And this is another application if people have clients that are more endurance cl- inclined, you know, like I have people that do mountain biking as a, as a sport or people that do like long, long mountain hikes and they want to be able to recover from that. I quite often have them use uh, cyclic dextrin. Oh, cycling. Yeah. Cycling too. But there were some swimming studies, I think. Yeah. Um, but I have them do uh, cyclic dextrin as part of their endurance training and they report ecstatically that, wow, like I feel like I could do the same workout tomorrow. Whereas yeah. typically endurance workouts, when you're going over a certain mileage, you know, you need to build that deloading in like every other day, almost in some cases. So we had a question here from Steven, which obviously next question people will have is what's a good intracarb brand. Um, I never got into using anything other than food, but if something can make it easier for, to get uh, into, to get to the gym faster and to work, then that's a win. Um, I mean, we could talk about brands, of course, True Nutrition. Um, they have yeah. a great, just pure, highly branched cyclic dextrin. You can get that flavored however you want. I personally like the MPA Muscle Intrusion because I like the flavor. They have like a lemon mm-hmm. ice and it has EAA with it. And then John's Company, and of course, use our code THINK. That gets you some additional savings, plus it helps to support our programming. And John's Company, they have, uh, you guys have a, a highly yeah. branched cyclic dextrin. Yeah, we right? got... Um... Yeah, we got a product called Recovery, which is uh, 20 grams of cyclic dextrin per scoop. It's actually a cyclic dextrin uh, platinos uh, blend, but then it also has um, eight grams of essential amino acids, yeah. uh, electrolytes, and some ashwagandha, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so, and, and you know, so when I'm really pushing up with my carbohydrates into workout and using insulin, I will do something like two scoops of Recovery which yeah. has 40 grams of carbs. And then I will add additional scoops of highly branched cyclic dextrin from true nutrition. Yeah. So, okay. If anyone wants to try the recovery out, my code is Barry 10. The flavors are amazing. It tastes incredible uh, because that's the other thing is your intra workout needs to be palatable, right? Yeah, it really because does. It, it, if you, if you can think back to, you know, 
even 10 years ago when we would drink pre-workouts that tasted like battery acid yeah. and we had intra-workout amino acids that were just so bitter, you know, it, it, it made it really hard to focus on your training because you're like in between sets, you've got to go to the water fountain to clean out your mouth or yeah. it, it just, it, it really enhances the digestion and the experience um, when you like what you're drinking. And I remember Justin Harris saying that too, that, you know, it, it, it has to taste good, that our bodies are not going to accept it the same, you know, if it mm -hmm. tastes like garbage. And I have, well, I've had like, some of those products in my day, just like you just grin and bear it, you know? Well, even knowing that like digestion starts in the mouth, right? And yeah. you release talon, right? Which is basically digestive enzymes. Um, you, you release talon, which starts the digestive process. And you're, that, that's your mouth watering when you, when you see a food that you like, you know, yeah. it's saying, Hey, I, I mean, think about this cold, burnt chicken and unflavored, unsalted rice versus cheeseburger and fries right yeah like your mouth waters when you think about cheeseburger and fries that's gonna you start eat the digestion. chicken and rice because it's what's it, exactly yeah. the start of the digestive process exactly yeah, yeah. so, so I, I do want to go back to steven's question and and i'll tie in a question or a comment that nick weary had so um Steven had said, uh, you know, if it would make it easier to get this in so that I can get to the gym faster, he's talking first thing in the morning. And then oh. Nick is saying, um, with all that said, would you guys say something like highly branched cyclic dextrin would be more important intra for someone training early AM, possibly fasted versus somebody training with three to four meals? Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like where does, where, yeah. where, when we're talking AM training, that's one thing. And then the other thing, is this more important than food? I think we got those two okay. things going on, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go to the second one first, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you're, it'd be hard to find a coach in the industry that would say that any supplement is more important than, than real food. Like yeah. get your five, six protein, carbs, fats, electrolytes, get, get those in over supplements. If your budget isn't working out that you can fit supplements in my, my go-to is always the food. We'll find a way around it. Um, we're going to meet your nutrition needs before we're going to meet extra supplements. Right. Uh, th that, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then I, I, I have used it with people that are training first thing in the morning. I can't, I do think it can be a great tool too. Like we can get more carbs in you, even if we're using oh, yeah. like say a, a shake with some oats and then they leave to the gym and they're training 30 minutes later. Heck yeah. We have additional carbs that you really couldn't have gotten in, you know, in time. So I could see it being a benefit there training earlier in the day. Right. Oh, hundred. I honestly, that might be the best situation, right? If you have someone yeah. that has to work out at four thirty or five in the morning, yeah. well, I'm not going to ask them to get up at three o'clock and eat eggs and whatever, you know? Right. I, they're because we want to try to keep them on a normal sleep wake cycle with the dark and, and the light um, that the Earth gives us. So, uh, in that, that situation, and some people just don't like to work out with any food in their stomach in the morning, which yeah. you know, I, I find actually with an older population. And maybe it's just because a lot of times people, you know, 40 plus, they don't want to be around all the high school or college age kids at four o'clock in the afternoon. And so they're like, I'm going to go when it's dead in the morning and get my workout out of the way. And I'll have the rest of the day in the evening to chill out. Absolutely. So I, I absolutely think that cyclic dextrin and essential amino acids can be used in this situation. And I would actually have them start drinking it on the way to the gym um, rather than waiting to, to start training in that situation. And, yeah. you know, and it works 
you got to do trial and error, you know, like there's not one size fits all with everybody. You try something with someone that, that makes sense to you on paper and then you get their feedback and you might tinker with it or it might be good and you go with it. Yeah. So is there anything else we should talk about in this time? You know, anything people always ask me this. What's how that? do you, how do you do, how do you take it? You know, or how do you like, what's your, what's your approach when you get to the gym? Like how much are you drinking at, at True. one time? Like, or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, I have a couple different things, but, but the main one, like, especially for using insulin, right? I'll have someone take their insulin probably depending on how far they live away from the gym and what their, what their routine is when they get to the gym. Most of my clients, I have a lot of prehab mobility work that they're doing that takes 10 or 12 minutes or so. So I'll have them get to the gym, take their insulin and I'll have them immediately start sipping their shake while yeah. they're doing their warm ups or whatever, whatever prehab or mobility work we have them doing. And then my goal is to have them have 25% of that drink down the hatch by the time they start their first working set of the exercise. So okay. not by the time they're, they're starting exercising, but by the time they start their first working set. Yeah. So let's say they're doing incline dumbbell presses. They've already done all their warm ups and all that stuff, which took 10 minutes. They're doing their incline dumbbell presses and they're doing like three warm up sets, taking a minute and a half in between each set. So during that time, they're drinking a little bit more aggressively so that they have 25% of it in them by the time they get to that first working set. Yeah, And then I just have them continue sipping it and I want the drink finished. Usually, um, depending on the amount, I want the drink finished by the time they are starting their last exercise. That sounds that's good to me. How I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, and then the other thing I think I, I'm thinking of anything else I'd want to add. I remember there was a time that I, I started understanding, okay, so we can add things to our intra. So why don't I mm -hmm. add my creatine and why don't I add all this mm -hmm. other shit? And, and I then learned later though, that, you know, we do, we do want to try to trick our bodies, right? Like this is almost like we could call this a hack really, because we're not, like you said earlier, you know, we're not trying to pull digestion. We're not trying to pull blood in. And the more that you have in that shake, you know, the more components, uh, the more likely you are to have that happen. So my thought is, is like with something like creatine, you can get creatine in before you train, you know, and I would rather, mm -hmm. if possible, move things away from that intra. It's not like for me, it's not a free for all. You know what I mean? We're not mm -hmm. just like dropping a bunch of shit in there just sure. to kind of like max it out, you know? Sure. I do tend to keep creatine in um, during the intra. Here's the re here's my reason for that. Um, and I've always kind of done this, whether someone is using intra workout carbs, even when I was younger and I started learning about blood flow during training that, you know, you, your, your blood flow increases up to five times more during an exercise session than it does while at rest. And in my mind, okay, you're exposing the tissue to five times that amount of blood or five times of that amount of nutrients in the blood, which might be able to get spread it out faster in, in a sense, in my mind. Yeah. It, is that bro sciencey? Yeah. Um, yeah, but does it have some kind of an effect? Maybe, possibly. Uh, it, now, with that said, though, because I think you touched on a good thing, you don't want to just like shovel everything in during that window and think that that's just the time to do it, just for the sake of doing it. Yeah, you know, that's where the trial and error and the communication with your clients, and if you're doing this yourself, the internal, you know. Uh, keeping record of what's working and what, what's not working and making changes if you need to changing a variable going for three or four workouts and seeing do you feel better do you feel like you're literally just drinking water which is kind of the ideal situation you want yeah. to feel like you're just sipping water that that tastes good yeah um and you're having great productive workouts your digestion's good you're not having stomach cramps then then that's the ideal situation um, yeah i would agree with that and i think that if it's not working for you say like you haven't done intros you listen to this you try it out uh, if it's not working for you, that doesn't mean that 
intra-workout carbs don't work for you. That just might mean that you, you may need to modify things and, and mm -hmm. keep, like, like you said, man, keep experimenting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. One thing I will add, um, cause I do have any clients that are using insulin, um, especially in intra-workout situations. I want you to bring a glucometer with you and because, you know, we try to make sure that we're, we're not going to go hypo. Sure. And if you do go hypo, don't freak out. Like you're going to be fine. Like yeah. it's very rare. It, I don't think I've ever heard of a story of a bodybuilder that hurt themselves going hypo training with insulin in the gym, but you want to make sure you're feeling good and you're able to get your workouts done. Right. Absolutely. So I will have them bring a glucometer. If you feel hypo, go test yourself. And what I want people to do is start to um, rationalize or, or um, associate what that feeling is with what that blood sugar is telling you, because mm. I'm sure a lot of us here have, have used insulin and we've been slightly hypo and we've been very hypo and yes. there is a big difference with that. And, and I think it's important to associate that and let's say you test yourself and you're getting to be like, you know, 65, right? So I'll tell the person, okay, go stretch for five minutes. And then I want you to test your blood sugar again. And if your blood sugar is going back up, you're probably fine. Okay. okay. Just keep sipping your intra. And if you feel hypo again, repeat that process, but you can probably go back to training in five minutes. Just sip your intro a little quicker. If it's going down, okay, now I want you to add in some extra carbohydrates and I want you to really slow down your workout for a minute until your body catches up. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if like, that's why I tell everyone, keep an extra Gatorade or, you know, candy or a diet, uh, a regular Coke, like right. in your gym bag or in your car. Like, you know, my, my back of my car has tons of Gatorade bottles and, and some Cokes and stuff like that, just in case, you know, yeah. um, cause, cause you don't want to be that guy that like goes hypo and passes out for 15 minutes at the gym. And I know, tend to go to hypo yourself. easily, even without insulin. Like I always tend to run on the lower side. And so when I've mm -hmm. used insulin, I have to be really careful. And, you know, it, and here's what I've noticed. The first signs for me, I'm already sweating, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like I can tell by that. The first sign I notice is I, I start getting a little less focused i'm having a little bit mm -hmm. more anxiety and my and i start getting weaker i notice i don't mm -hmm. have the same strength and if i can see that happening i know i need to to pick it up yeah. but there was one time that i actually ran next door to detroit donut and i bought two donuts <laughs> and ate them and rejoined the workout didn't miss it. <laughs> it happened once. And your digestion was good? Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. They're donuts, man. They're even yeah, better than hydrogen cyclic so. dextrin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can think of, um, I can think of, yeah, a couple times where I've gone really, really hypo and, you know, during preps and stuff. Oh, and yeah. I think I called John and I'm like, John, like, all right. So, you know, I would never, ever cheat on anything, like, ever, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> I'm sitting at 28 right now. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, go get a Coke. I'm, he's like, I know, I know I'm, I'm right outside the grocery store. I'm going to go in and get one right now. Or, or I'm making Rachel do it because I can't really walk. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was one of those, like, I just wanted him to, like, know before I did it that when I, because when I told him, you know, hey, I had an extra Coke or I had a Coke this week, like, that was the reason why, you know. Yeah, 28. Um, and I knew he would say the same thing. I just wanted, I just wanted his blessing just for him to know. You know? <laughs> but, but yeah. Hey guys, I'm gonna take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm gonna to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys wanna support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon, and thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. 
First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced on-cycle support stack. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. All right. Well, listen, we've got a bunch of listener questions here. Um, these are all taken from uh, YouTube. So if you guys want to take part in the next show, then definitely comment. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And by the way, we are just about at 21,000 subscribers. We're, we're nice. not far off. If you guys can help us, if you're not subscribed to our programming yet, uh, you can help us make that happen before we hit. 2023 so come on you can hit the button plus we have a bunch of content that comes out each week you learn shit like this and a lot more of it maybe All even right. send, a, send a send a link to one of your friends that might not be a listener that'd be cool that and, would be uh, awesome yeah you know you might be considered a genius for uh turn them on to us uh, you know this wealth of knowledge and <laughs> yes all right so um let's see here question for the next one now, I don't know if we have any good insights on this particular question, but it gives us a chance to talk about equipment. Um, he says, question for the next either blood, sweat, and gear, or it's just bodybuilding. Can you guys give a specific hack squat and leg press combo machine? Same question with leg extension and leg curl combo machines. I would love to know what brands, models you guys personally like. Thanks. I think we're kind of limited. There aren't a lot of brands for for these well, i mean they exist you know yeah but they're usually not great right um yeah like i remember in high school we had like a hip a hip press i think that's what they call it, hip press hack squat combo and it was in my high school gym and it was more built for football players it wasn't really like a bodybuilding specific piece of equipment and it was not smooth it was not ergonomically designed very well because your knees hurt no matter what you did for the hack squat and man i'm trying to remember the brand name i, I just personally haven't come across a, a good one um i don't know if you ever have here's here's one thing that i will say i've noted sometimes with those so we talked about uh home equipment just on the the most recent it's just bodybuilding which will be coming out tomorrow uh, so you guys will get a chance to hear Ron talk about that. One of the things he said is that home equipment doesn't need to be the same quality as commercial equipment because it's That's only going to get used by like one person, you know, maybe you and your buddies once a week. Um, but the one thing I have noticed with these combo machines, sometimes the hack squat doesn't go deep enough. Sometimes yeah. like the hack squat stops, stops. at 90, yeah. you know, and you don't really get to bring that upper leg down. And I would definitely, I would just personally, if I were to buy one of those machines, I would want to try it out before I actually mm -hmm. bought it, you know? And then the leg extension, leg curl combo. They're expensive. I can only think, 
Yeah, you know what? Um, if you guys go back and look at Matt Jansen's Instagram, um, yeah. If you go back, because when he had a, he was at his old home, I believe it was. He he had a garage gym that had a pretty that. cool, yeah, leg extension seated ham curl combo machine. I can't remember the name of it, um, and I'd used it once before at someone's gym. And it was de- it was very smooth. So that it was a plate loaded one, which I, oh. I really like the plate loaded ones. Yeah, I, I like the plate loaded machines more than the um, the weight stacks. Like for instance, I really enjoy the Hammer Strength seated ham curl machine. I don't know if you've ever used that Hammer Strength seated ham curl. Ham machine. curl. Dave Dave has one at Elite FTS, I believe. It's seated. It's a seated ham curl that's plate loaded. Oh, yep. you don't feel like you get too much momentum when you drive it down. Not if you do it the right way. Okay. Okay. Not if not if you don't let the momentum take you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the strength curve is just real though. Like it it it's it gets harder and harder and harder as you go up the top and like to hit the contraction. It's just a nice piece of equipment in my opinion. Yeah, I've seen. I don't like their leg extension though. It, it, that kills my knees. Does it? Yeah. I've seen this one. Um, hold on a second. I'm gonna bring a picture of it in. This one is from Life Fitness, uh, and I mean that's a solid machine. That's a that's this is going to be several thousand dollars too. You know, I'm looking at this thing. I don't even see a price on it right now. Let me see here, like four grand plus. You know, so you're going to pay a lot for something like that. It's a, it's an issue, man. But you know what I've found is, I just I I started searching Facebook Marketplace, and granted, I bought mm-hmm. two machines, but you know, it, it does, it takes up twice as much space, but I paid like 300 bucks for a universal extension and a universal seated ham curl. And they work great, mm-hmm. man. Like I could, I could train on those for the rest of my life. Problem is it takes up literally twice as much space. So, I mean, I think yeah. if you're going to go that route, you're going to pay more for it, you know, to have the combo. Yeah. I'm trying to scroll back to find up a, a picture of, of the machine I'm talking about on Matt's page. Yeah. I remember that uh, gym he too. He had a nice setup. Yeah. 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 Definitely a great setup. Uh, I remember Nick was Walker was... going over there before he was pro and working out. I had some video when yeah. I interviewed Nick from that, from that okay. gym. Yeah. I mean, this is going back far. Cause I think he's been in Stewart, Florida or something like that for several, several years now. Yeah. Um, would it have been would it have been hammer strength? I don't remember it being hammer strength. All right. Well, we look, we can move on because we got some other stuff yeah. here. If I find it, I'll send it to you. All right. Cool. Yeah. How about this one? Um. Just says uh, joint health sups. Thanks. And. Um, yeah, and then we had another joint health question after that. We we looked over these before the show, and I think both of us agreed that collagen is the the way to go, right? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Um, I think we both agreed that right around twenty grams a day is 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 the sweet spot for a guy that's over two hundred pounds. You know, yeah. maybe for our female listeners, closer to ten grams. But I, I just noticed since I started incorporating it daily, I just have less aches and pains. I have less, you know, little let's call them, you know, cankeries or whatever that just kind of like limit what you're doing on depth or whatnot, or just yeah. less of those issues, you know? Um, yeah, that's just what I noticed. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And that was the, so when I had torn my shoulder, 
Um, I made a post about that and, and it wasn't a complete tear. And I made a statement, I made a video about it saying, Hey guys, this is the situation. I said, thankfully it's not completely torn. Uh, I guess that means, you know, I'm at an age where I'm going to have to start beefing up on my health supplements or my joint supplements. And Dante mm -hmm. messaged me and he said, Hey, uh, collagen is the number one thing, you know, collagen is going to be mm -hmm. the number one thing because collagen is the only supplement collagen and then like uh, undenatured type two collagen. Those are going to be the main things in supplement wise that actually will repair your joints versus, mm -hmm. you know, through the nineties, we all knew about glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, and those things will help to cushion the joints and they'll help you to feel better. But if we want actual repair and rebuilding of that connective tissue, from what I understand, collagen is the main route and I could see it. It, it improved. I, and it's funny, man, because after I started on it and I started telling my mom about it, my mom started collagen. Now, she's older, of course, and she uh, doesn't get enough protein. So she started using collagen and she saw huge changes, you know, plus cool. the way I understand it is uh, that as estrogen gets lower, that's going to affect your your body's ability to produce collagen as that breaks down. You know, you see it in your face, you see it in your hair. Like she literally started reverse aging when she started collagen. She uses 30 That's grams cool. a day. Um, oh, wow. And, and it's like a game changer for her. Plus, you know, we use uh, uh, True Nutrition. Plug them again. True, True Nutrition Hydrolyzed Beef Collagen. Um, and it's tasteless, flavorless. You can mix it right in your coffee. And I found that is the best deal that I can find. You know, I see the little tubs at like Target and you get like a pound of it and they give you this little tiny scooper and they say, here's a serving, you know, versus True Nutrition's a big scooper. But I agree with you. I don't think you need quite 30 now. And I actually, I yep. talked to uh, um, a, a doctor at the Olympia who had done all of his research on collagen and he said 15 grams is what we need. So I would say, yeah, man, bodybuilder who's bigger for sure. 20 grams sounds yeah. good to me. I'll do it even one step further, you know, for the joint program, I think, um, you know, 15, 20 grams of collagen, you know, some growth hormone. I knew you're going uh, there. Some, some BPC one five seven. I'm telling you, I think, you know, 250 mics of BPC 157 a day, and even something like two units of growth, um, yeah. you know, four or five days a week. I, I think that's your best joint protection you can you can get, along with having a diet or nutrition regimen that is covering all vitamins and minerals that are crucial to joint health. Yeah, yeah, and that collagen production, absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah. Now, I have a theory on this next one, but I want to hear what you have to say first. I wonder if we have the same theory. Uh, and he says, and why are my joints more sore on high test versus TRT only? Why are my joints more sore on high test than T? Well, I guess I would wonder, is he taking um, a lot of anti-estrogen products, which There's is that. high testosterone? That's a good okay. point. I didn't, I which wasn't is crushing going his estrogen. I wasn't going there, but okay. that's a real good, real good point could be it. Okay. Whereas TRT, he's probably not taking anything, right? So that's my first thought. Yep. Second thought, um, he's holding a lot more water on a high test cycle, and maybe that's causing some kind of joint issue. Typically, it goes the other way. But let me, um, yeah, let me give you, a, yeah, I want to give you a, a hint on what I'm thinking. Okay. So okay. TRT is one thing, right? We go on mm -hmm. cycle, 
and don't think about what oh, we're putting in our body. I know exactly what. Where, where do you think I'm going? He's he's, he's training balls to the wall <laughs> yeah, because he's exactly. on cycle. Yeah, you're right, and that's probably the simplest solution. You're probably right. That's probably a simple answer because we all see it in clients and in people we know around the gym. Like, oh, he's on gear again, right? Because he's all badass at the gym and he's focused on his training. And, yeah. and versus when he's on TRT, he's training two or three days a week. He doesn't mind missing legs. He does. You're 100. He's right lifting heavier, man. He's lifting heavier. But dude, I didn't even think about that. That's that's right nail on the head as well. The estrogen, you know, we start bringing. That I think your answer down. is better, though. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think your answer. Be, well, just because. Well, we know the human psychology, and when yeah. people think they are on something, I mean, even Doctor Scott has talked about studies where the, um, the they D-ball. were doing the the D ball, yeah, study, and the guys that weren't using D ball when they thought they were, were got just as good, if not better, results than the guys that were on the D ball because yeah. they were training harder. They were, you know, so the the placebo effect affects what we do mentally and how we conduct ourselves in the gym. And I, I think that you're probably right. That's probably the best answer. All right. I know we've got a couple uh, physique critiques too, so we'll we'll blow through these next ones. Um, uh, Reza had asked, um, "I'd love to hear an episode on different techniques to work off muscle spasms." My answer to him was, "Don't get them. You know, increase your <laughs> hydration, uh, increase your your electrolytes." Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, well, this is limited information, right? Because he doesn't say, hey, I'm drinking X amount of water. Right. And I'm taking a full spectrum multi-mineral supplement. I'm salting my foods. Like my, my first answer would be, okay, let's let's work on the electrolytes and water, like you said, right? If, if he's like, oh, I'm drinking two liters of water a day and I'm I'm not taking vitamins or minerals, I'm not salting my foods, my my first inclination would be like, okay, let's, let's work on getting those electrolytes and fluids in, right? Um, I'd also look at the compounds he's taking. Like for mm-hmm. me, when I used metformin, I would get crazy hamstring uh, uh, spasms regularly, right? Yeah. And, and it took me a long time to figure that that, that was the culprit. And, and I also don't like metformin anyway for the digestive effects. So it was very easy yeah. for me to just say, okay, I'm done with this compound and I don't recommend it to clients anymore yeah. because I did see some other clients having muscle spasms. Okay. Um, I would also look at other things like what else are you consuming? For instance, if you're drinking a lot of uh, pop or uh, soda. Thank you. Thank you for speaking my language here in the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest too. So I can say pop. We, we, I grew up with pop as a kid myself, but okay, you know, like uh, when you're drinking a lot of diet soda, um, the carbonation will leach uh, uh, minerals, and, uh, I believe phosphorus and um, I think magnesium as well. Because oh. I was noticing when I was drinking a shit ton of Diet Mountain Dew, yeah, my eye would just like, oh, I remember. And then my shoulder, that. yeah, my shoulder was just like all day, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. I started thinking about it critically. Like, okay, what am I doing that's a little weird that most people don't do? Oh, you're drinking three liters of diet soda a day on top of, you know, I was drinking plenty of water, but I was drinking three liters of diet Mountain Dew every day. And, um, quick and simple, easy trick. I pulled it out completely and guess what? They went away. Um, beyond that, you know, maybe quinone, maybe adding, um, looking at different sources of magnesium. Yeah. Magnesium Um, would be a good option to consider. Yeah. It's hard to say though, without like a little bit more information from him about what his day to day is like. All right. So got kind of a longer one here. We had a couple more. Um, Let's see. Intra. So my pre intra and post-workout nutrition pre, he does 2.5 units of GH before leaving for the gym. Then I usually drink some EAAs on the way to the gym. Intra, 
18 ounce regular Gatorade during workout. Post, he does 50 grams of whey, 80 grams of oats. 45 minutes later, he has six ounces of chicken, 300 grams of rice. Anything you guys would change or adjust? I'll leave it up and I'll just shrink it down here a little bit. Well, I mean, I guess the question is, why do you want, I guess, why are you looking for our advice to change? Like, is there, is there any issue with like, are you having digestive issues? Are you not seeing muscle growth? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, are, are you having some kind of interference with your workouts? You know, like for instance, we just went over, um, you know, Gatorade or, you know, dextrose containing carbohydrates versus high molecular weight carbohydrates and how, you know, the ease of digestion with those carbohydrates are a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I would, if I were to change, like just move things around a little bit, what do you think about putting those EAAs with the Gatorade intra versus slamming yep. them all before you get to the gym? Yep. I mean, I, I would have no problem with that. I mean, that's what we do, right? That's what I do. Yeah. Um, now, I guess, you know what? Okay. Looking at the post shake. Yeah. Why not switch the, the oats, which is typically, a, or it's a little bit more of a complex source with something that's a little faster, you know, um, maybe a kid cereal, maybe a rice based product. Um, like even like switching the rice around for the oats, between the chicken and the, you know, I mean, that's, but, but, but my, what I'm trying to drive at though, is if, if it's not broke and you're seeing progress and you are staying lean and you're having good workouts and your digestion is good, I, there's no blueprint that's, Hey, you have to do this, right? If something you're doing is maybe a little unorthodox, but it's working for you, then guess what? It works. Yeah. You know? All right. How about this one? Hey guys, now I'm not sure about the wording here. Cause he, I'm going to read the whole thing and you tell me if you, if you understand it better, he says long time subscriber and fan. Remember that part. He says, I okay. plan to run six to eight units. Um, HGH. I hear different methods and opinions. Would you recommend every day or five days on two days off? Love the videos. And then this part, I recently found it and subscribed to it. So if you're a longtime subscriber and fan, how did you recently find the video? I see where you're going. We're messing with you chosen, but we're happy to have you here, man. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, we are. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think if you're running growth at, you know, and around those doses, I think you you should have a few days off somewhere in there. I yeah. don't think you necessarily need to go five on two on. I I think it's easier just to say, okay, take your take your GH on training days and don't take it on non training days. There you um, go. Because you know we're, we're so habit driven with you know, we have our pre workout routine, our intro, our post workout, and all the things that go on during the day. Our meals are usually different from training to non training days. So sure. I just think if you build it into your training routine. Um, you're not going to forget to take it. You're not going to, you know, that's just my opinion, but yeah. And, and we're doing that, you know, mostly for insulin sensitivity, maintain your insulin sensitivity. Yeah. I'd go with you there. What do you think of the guys who do the every other day protocol, um, attempting to then keep their insulin sensitivity better? Nothing wrong with it. If it works, you know, yeah. um, absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, I mean, if you look at how growth hormone is prescribed to, you know, and obviously we're using it for different applications, but you know, uh, my first experience with growth hormone was when I was at, I was house sitting for someone and I opened up the fridge and it was like the golden light opened up to me and there were these two boxes of serostim and I'm like, Baba. Yeah. And I'm like, like, yeah, like the lion King song or something. Yeah. And, um, and and I was really close with this. 
yeah, I was really close with this client um, yeah. and, and his kids, right? And because uh, one of his kids was a little bit underdeveloped at a young age, but he was fine. He didn't need the growth hormone personally. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, so I noticed you guys have um, serostim in, in your in your refrigerator. Yeah. And, and, I, and I actually, this is going back like almost 20 years. So I started reading the packaging, right? And, the, you know, it it's prescribed to take once a week usually, you know, yeah. uh, in one big bolus dose versus how we do it by, I mean, we're micro dosing with macro doses. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we are. Aren't we? That's what bodybuilders do. Um, <laughs> micro dosing you know, like, at 10 units a day. <laughs> well, I would ask him and I'd be like, so what, what do you dose it at? And he's like, um, well, the doctor prescribed 10 units once a week. And I'm like, okay, there's 18 units in a bottle. I'm like, so what do you do with the rest of it? And he's like, Oh, they just told me to throw it away. And I'm like, Oh, in your trash, like in the trash. And so I'm like, you mean like, don't I'm like, is there any way? Yeah. I'm like, is there any way you want to like give it to me? Like those empty bottles? Or I was even like telling him, I'm like, you know, you could get a little boost out of that yourself. If you just took that extra six units, divided up into three shots a week and just did two units, you know, yeah. cause I was training him three days a week back then. Yeah. That'd and, be great, uh, man. That'd be he, great. He took my, he took my advice. And like, next thing you know, he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, you're right. Like I feel better. He's like, my wife thought I looked younger the other day. I'm like, that's just off two units. Like yeah. imagine if, you know, and yeah. he started getting a little leaner and yeah. So <laughs> and all of a sudden his kid's not growing anymore and he's getting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his kids were all great college athletes by the time they were done their, their high school and collegiate careers. So, okay. Um, it did I, its job. I have one more. Um, and, and, uh, it was a question about DECA, and then we've got a couple of physique critiques. Um, so the question about DECA was um, a couple things. Manage. This is from a guy who calls himself Easter Cabbage. He's over at Patreon. Um, he wanted to know, number one, his, he got a hold of some DECA. His biggest concern is not getting ED. Now, some people are running like low test with high DECA. Like We're talking mm -hmm. like a replacement dose of test or maybe a little bit higher, 250 test with 800 DECA. And they yep. say that they're just fine with that. Other yep. guys prescribe more or would suggest more test than DECA. Uh, I, how, what are your thoughts on controlling these things? So getting the most because I've seen everything I've seen the situation right. you said with, cause I find a lot of like middle Eastern guys will use low testosterone and very high DECA cycles. And okay. some of the clients I've worked with over there and it was working for them. So who am I to try to change up what's working? Right. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it's not like there's a one size fits all with like a ratio of test to, to an androlone or test to a, the, so, but uh, one of my goes to's is to add um, some form of DHT, like, um, you know, a Proviron or Masteron, uh, at a, you know, it doesn't even have to be a high dose, like maybe 50 megs three days a week, or like a Proviron, like 50 milligrams a day, something to that effect. Uh, you know, and you also can't, uh, this place adding in something like cabergoline or um, a compound of that nature um, to, to help with the prolactin. Um, I guess it also comes down to labs too. You know, you need to see, okay, is your estrogen through the roof? Is that causing an issue? You know, yeah. I hate, I hate guessing on things, you know? So yeah. I, I do often ask people like, Hey, let's just get some labs done. Just some basic hormones. Let's just check, you know, your, your estradiol, your DHT, your, uh, your testosterone levels. Let's just see what's going on here. And then hopefully that gives us a little bit more information. And I do that be just again, because like not everything is so one size fits all, but yeah. typically adding some type of DHT in works pretty well. In some cases you have to absolutely bump the testosterone up um, and lower the, the nandrolone effect. 
Yeah, that's the way that I've generally gone. I don't know about you, but I agree. I've seen people who have done okay with the low test, the high DECA. Mm -hmm. The way that I had learned was the old school way of keeping the test higher than DECA, mm -hmm. more or less relying on the test, but then making sure that your estrogen is controlled. Because mm -hmm. if you have high test and DECA in the mix, and then your estrogen is unmanaged, then mm -hmm. I think you're you're in for trouble, you know? Yeah. But I found that if you can manage the estrogen with higher test than DECA, then the DECA usually isn't going to be an issue. I have seen it be a problem still, but it's been very rare, like m mm -hmm. minimal times over the years. I also look at other factors like, you know, and sometimes people don't think of this, but looking at someone's actual body weight in general, mm -hmm. um, I feel like sometimes when it gets too high for, you know, not saying it's the only reason, but sometimes when it gets too high, it, it, the or too low, like in terms of a contest prep, the oh. body loses the ability to sequester energy towards, oh. you know, um, solid erections, um, all, all those things that go into that category. Yeah. I, I haven't really found studies on that. It's just kind of like, you know, maybe trying to think outside the box. Maybe it's trying to think a little too much outside the box and maybe it is just a compound driven thing, but um, just knowing things like, Okay, so when you're in a contest prep, you're you're usually pretty gassed up to the gills, but a lot of times your sex drive is next to nothing, yeah. you know. Um, and I and I look at it the same way, like when you're when you're you know deep 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 into the off season, eating meals every two and a half hours or two hours, bloated. full bloated all yeah. the time. The last thing you want to do is hop on someone and go to town on them, you know. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice if they want to jump on you and just like <laughs> they do the work, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so I just think that maybe that might have an effect on it as well. Yeah. And typically when people are super heavy, they don't feel very attractive. Even if you're a big bodybuilder, you're carrying a little more body fat. You don't feel your best self. Sure. Um, you're feeling bloated. When you feel bloated, you don't yeah. feel like you look good. I don't care how you look, right? Bloated and lethargy like are just definitely mood busters for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go to these um, these physique critiques that we had. This is the one you brought us. Um mm -hmm. Now is she? She's not your client, right? She's no. She is okay. Gordon uh, Falsetti's client. Right on. I remember Gordon from uh, all. The, like I think I've heard about him a lot on Geared Up, and I've known yes. him over over the years. You know, he's he's been a big part of the bodybuilding world. Yeah, he was married to Jamie Pinder for a number of years. That's too, right. Yeah, he and was. really helped helped her turn pro and um, you know put her on the map in a in a sense from a from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. But, uh, so what are we looking at? I have two sets of pictures here. Uh, is this a, are we looking at it before, after? What are we seeing here? Well, no. So, okay. So her name is Lauren Caladroni. Okay. She got her pro card. She won the second place card at the NPC universe this year, which is the picture you see on the right. Okay. And I've kind of followed her from afar. I don't even know if I've actually met her in person. Uh, but she definitely has a physique. So of course I followed her and, and being one of uh, Gordon's clients, cause you know, I've been friends with Gordon over the years. Um, you know, I follow oh, no people kidding. like that. Yeah. He's, he's from Connecticut, which isn't that far from us. Dude, We should get uh, him on the show sometime. He, he was a, you know, he'd been a great mind in our industry and I hadn't heard from him in a while. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I could probably message him and I'm sure he'd be down. Cool. But um, I actually thought she should have won her class in this card. But as people know, you know, at the at the national level for figure, top two get their cards at Universe, North Americans, USAs and Nationals. Yeah. And so she, you know, I think she saw that we had been doing physique critiques, both, you know, us on Blood, Sweat and Gear. And then me and Nate Spear were doing some of them because we we get people asking us all the time. And I felt bad because I said, oh, we'll absolutely get to you next month and then life got busy so it's been probably four or five months okay um, since i even looked at these pictures but um so i i can obviously see why she turned pro right yeah she's um, got a really cool physique man those shoulders are nutty on her aren't they yeah really cool physique and here's the thing you know with 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 at the national level shows like this is why things like your suit your hair and your your, your tan are so important because you she, she obviously has a physique when she comes out on stage, your eyes are just drawn to her and you don't really, you're looking at the other girls and the other competitors, but you really like, you're just drawn in with such an inviting look, such a nice yeah. taper. There's a magnetism. Proper, the magnetism. Yeah. Proper conditioning. Her suit matches her, her, her tan and her, her, her skin tone. Um, and I know she wants a physique critique, but I'm just kind of pointing out that, um, all those little things matter, especially as you go up the ladder, you know, Absolutely. the local show, someone might not be a great poser. Their suit might not fit perfectly, but the judges, it's pretty easy to say, okay, this girl's got the best physique, let, you know, easy class winner. Let's give her some feedback for things she needs to work on, which might just be the presentation side. And in my opinion, this girl nailed the presentation side as well as the physique. Um, now, one thing I tell people when they do physique critiques, please send full body pictures from your toes all the way to your head. Just Absolutely. because, yeah, it's just hard to, it's hard to evaluate the physique as a whole when you don't see everything. Um, and I know people are like, well, it's just her feet, but it, it, it plays into it because you're losing the dimension of her physique. You're losing, you know, her height, you're losing, um, you know, just some of those other variables. But in terms of physique, okay. In my opinion, I think she needs to work on her back from the back, meaning, and it's more of a posture thing, I think. Mm -hmm. I think, you see how that. like her shoulders kind of slope down a little bit? I do, yeah. In that back shot. Uh, she's got great lower back density. Uh, yeah, her width she does. is. Yeah, that density's nice. <laughs> she's, she's got pretty good width, but I think if you can make your rear delts pop more, yeah. it's going to complete yeah. that shot from the back. Um, and then continuing to look at the back, more triceps that just kind of fill in some of the gaps a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All that, that whole area, I think from, if you could take that rear delt down through the upper mm -hmm. arm, that whole mm -hmm. area, if that could, you know, and if she did fill that out, it would, if you look at her legs, like mm -hmm. the hamstrings, glutes, all of that is solid. I would mm -hmm. like to see almost those areas up top thicker to match that because it's like lower body is got a lot of density going on to it and it's rare right that you're like oh you got to work on your triceps right you got to work on you know because typically it's in figures okay shoulders more quad sweep but honestly from the front i'm looking at her picture and the the, the deltoids are popping crazy the quad sweep is popping crazy um, too the, the taper ties in very nicely and really i would just keep on getting bigger and i would work on the rear delts and the arms yeah i i could go with that man i really could I really could. And it, those rear delts will square off that, mm -hmm. that, that X shape from the top, mm -hmm. you know, that really will. Mm -hmm. I'll go with you mm -hmm. there, man. She's got a really cool physique. I love this division. I love how somebody can have so much muscle, 
but at the same time have such a delicate and uh, like petite appearance mm-hmm. with all that muscle. It's like, you know what I think of is, um, what's it called? Like, like in sculpture, like a good mm-hmm. sculpture, you could take like a sculpture of a rose and it could be made out of like you know, iron or brass, mm-hmm. but you still can make it look light. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it weighs a ton. She has that that look, which is kind of almost that illusion of she's got a ton of mass on her. But at the same time, it's still very, like, beautiful and feminine. You know, I, I always um, tell people, like, figure kind of reminds me of, like, insects. Like, yeah, it, it really does. Do you get what I'm saying? Because some people look at me like, huh? And it's because, like, the joint structure is just so, like, like small, but, like, the muscles are voluminous. But like you said, like a light functional appearance to them in, in a sense now this isn't figure but in women's physique i always thought that shanique grant looked like a praying mantis yeah exactly you know what i'm exactly. saying 100 percent. Like, yeah. i've said the same thing i've said the same thing maybe you, know? you said it to me initially and then i just remembered that and i thought it too or i said it okay. or we t- i feel like we have we agreed on this, it but we've yeah. agreed on the figure insecty kind of look you know yeah um it's funny though. But I we mean that in a argument. good way. If she's listening oh, right now, we oh, mean absolutely. that in the best way. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tag her. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to sum up for her, I, I think just keep putting on muscle like you're doing. Um, keep your waistline where it's at. It's yeah. awesome. The, the the taper and how everything ties in is great. Just build a little bit more in those rear delts and arms, and I think you're going to be competing on the pro level and and uh, moving up the ranks for sure. Uh, Figure is our, such a difficult class too. You know, it's like because you can't you can't hide anything. It's literally nah. just that silhouette. You stand out there, you show that silhouette and you either have it or you don't. You know, that's that's kind of one of the most exciting things about that division, isn't it? Well, because in bodybuilding, right, like if someone goes out there, well, imagine this in bodybuilding, if you just did your four quarter turns and walked off stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. that'd be the equivalent of it. Right. Right. And only the ultra genetically elite would get a second look but yeah. because guys are able to flex and contort and twist hit their po- yeah. twist it, it you can change your opinion of someone now with that said you know pretty easily okay based off a of front and a rear double who you're going to keep your eye on for the right. when you really want the comparisons but with that said like you could your mind can change between first and third place when someone actually it. hits a front double hits a rear double and you see the back density and everything pop out at you yeah. whereas figure it's like i woke up out of bed and this is what i look like i'm just turning four times and this is it you know yeah. do you remember I, I was just talking about this um, with one of my favorite figure figure competitors she may even be listening martina yabakova who she gets familiar. absolutely peeled. She's. I think you showed cool pictures physique. of us, of her, of her to us. Okay. I, I may have in the past. I mean, she's an Olympian level uh, competitor, but okay. I was just telling her this uh, uh, and, and her partner the other day at the Olympia. I feel like, do you remember back 10, 15 years ago, figure was so, the presentation was so stiff. Like you just walked mm. out, you did your thing. I feel like bikini has had a huge influence in the like the stage swagger the way the girls come out and they like show off and they do you know what i'm talking about they're like 100 routines are so different well, than they used to be well, look at the routine of um lola montez yeah i don't know who fit, that is i think fit lola um oh got, yeah 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 she won the boston pro and then she got like uh, she get third or fourth or something I, I can't remember exactly where she placed but in my mind she's got a crazy she's actually one of my favorite athletes yeah. because she works almost like a classic physique pose into her into her routine where really? she like stands like flares her lats and then 
puts uh, trails one of her legs out to the side, huh. so you can see all the detail in her. Uh, excuse me, in her sartorius and and inner thighs and her adductors and everything. Yeah, and and then they're just the way they move. You're you're hundred percent right about bikini influencing this division because instead of just walking out there stiff, right. turning, they they add like a, the a performance to it. It's yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. I agree. So I had a couple pictures here. Now uh, this is, I think he was showing off. Honestly, I genuinely think he was showing off because he's made some incredible progress, though. I do have to say, uh, this is the worst photos to use for a physique critique ever. This is his before. All right. Okay. I'm going to bring up the other before. Let's see if I can okay. shrink these down. And and he said I could definitely, I, I, I asked him, he sent me these on DM. And he wanted to say that these are his afters. So all we see is like a bunch of muscle here. We don't really see um, a ton of the shape we can just mm-hmm. see muscle here he definitely uh, put on a shit ton of muscle a freaking boatload that's why i say i feel like maybe he's just bragging with this one like yeah. what do you think because he grew an immense amount of muscle here this is like incredible. no he absolutely did he looks 20 pounds more muscular yeah yeah easy man easy but i do feel like we can still give him some some thoughts and advice for the future even though like we can't see his legs in the new pictures you know is he trying to compete he didn't say. He just. He. Okay. I, I think he's still at this at that stage where his yeah. goal is to keep growing right now. You know. Well, and I would. And I go back to this. I would still tell someone that whether they want to compete or not, um, always do full body head to toe pictures. Absolutely. Um, because, it, and I always get a little skeptical when people don't show their legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because I could devote you know twenty four seven to just my upper body. And, sure. Sure. You know, and then because I know guys, men's physique guys, right? They, they they make a lot of progress in upper bodies because they're not expending energy on their lower body, right? Absolutely. They're recovering. The guys that don't train their legs, a lot of men's physique guys train legs now. I want to yeah. give them their credit, but a lot of guys don't. And I've heard them say like, "Why would I waste time training legs? It's just going to eat into my recovery." Yeah. And you know, for their sport, they're not wrong. For their class, their division, they're not wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to give, give, um, you know, like a physique critique, right? Because these are just kind of small pictures that are showing a very small portion of the body, but I would just say, keep doing what you're doing, dude. I mean, it's obviously worked for you. You look like you've transformed your physique drastically. I might lay down, um, or, or, you know, lay off the, the editing. Cause I don't think you need it on the after pictures. They look a little suspect with the editing in little, terms of a little high contrast, maybe little, little contrast. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't, six months, by the way, that's six months. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. I'm going to go on a limb and guess he was probably natural. He jumped on some gear. He adopted the bodybuilding lifestyle, ate his five, six meals a day, took the gym very seriously. And honestly, this is what very realistic progress that someone can make that does a complete 180 yeah. in their lifestyle and adopts training, diet, nutrition, and adds a little bit of PED in. Yeah. I would say a couple things. So I, I think that shoulders and arms um, they look like they've they've come up incredibly. Like he didn't have shoulders before, and now he's got mm-hmm. some round delts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see a little more of that chest and, and yeah. see what the shape of the chest looks like and, and see if he could, in the chest training, try to figure out how to get more out of the pec itself during your chest training. Because I, mm-hmm. I suspect that a lot of, that he's very shoulder dominant, you know, and the, mm-hmm. a lot of the work is going to the shoulders. And I would say that possibly same thing from behind that maybe make sure that the the lats are getting activated 
I feel mm-hmm. like from the front, everything that I'm seeing, like up top, arms, shoulders, all of that, it feels like it's growing faster than his back. And granted, they're smaller muscle groups, so they're going to grow faster, right? Well, but, back though. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're going to grow faster than a big body part than like the back. So, you know, but but I would say make sure that you really try focusing on on your effort in ensuring that you're getting activation out of the back that mm-hmm. and then the other thing i'd say is is to watch the acne i feel like you don't want to ruin your skin man and there maybe is some hormonal fluctuation that's been like mismanagement almost of hormones mm-hmm. and that that could be causing some of the acne he's gotten he also grew a lot of chest hair yes um, he did he did i don't know if he had shaved like right before or if it was just the effect of the peds possibly added in or or it's just like you can see it now because of the structure of the of the photo turned up but um yeah but no you're right you can tell he's very shoulder and trap dominant with how yeah. he performs exercises um yeah. and, you know he is crunching his shoulders up so we can't really see if there's a lot of width that were added to the lats the way yeah. he's, um in, in both pictures the way he's posing them but um yeah i think you're spot on there like you said the uh if the shoulders have grown that much are are is are the pecs not getting the activation that they might need. That's and, what I'd wonder. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. I agree with that. I agree that's what that. I wonder, but, and, and, you know, just keep refining and refine the PED use to, you know, a successful cycle. It's like, man, there's nothing like being able to grow a bunch of muscle, but then if you get a bunch of acne and it screws up your skin, it's like, then you can't show it. You know? Yeah. And I feel like we've all, we've known people that have been there. We've been there ourselves, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Whew, so we got through all this without Skip. Yeah. Skip wasn't here. Nope. He's missed. Yes. Com- comment on the YouTube page and, and let, let people know. Let, let them let know Skip you missed know. him. Yeah, let Skip know. Let him know. And let us know questions for the next episode, too. We need that. You know, you guys, uh, yeah. we're going to next episode, though, we're going to record with uh, with Dave. That should be awesome. Dave Taint. Should be cool. Oh, I got a quick story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know why I do this, but sometimes, you know, you're on Facebook and I, I, I tend to knock on Facebook, but it was after the Olympia. So I was just looking at pictures and stuff. And this woman had pic- posted a picture of Natalia Coelho, who won the uh, Miss, uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Olympia. Yeah, uh, physique. Her physique. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Couldn't think of the word. And um, in, in this woman's post was, this is absolutely disgusting. Like women don't want to look like this. And they're killing themselves. Okay. Okay. So, and I, all right, I shouldn't have done it, but I looked at her page and she's a natural women's competitor. Okay. She competes in the OCBI, FBB, or OCB, uh, WMBF. And I have nothing against those organizations whatsoever. Of course okay. not. And right. I even started my, my, my defense of Natalia with, look, I have nothing against natural bodybuilding at all. It's, it, you know, if you're interested in that, absolutely. More power to you. I agree. More, more power to you. But we have first, a lot of natural people that listen. I completely exactly. support them. And I bet you exactly. and I have both worked with our fair share of naturals. I've got tons. And there's a, it's a tons. lot of fun, too. It's a different, it's a slightly different game, but it's, it's definitely fun. Exactly. And, and, and I think my point with saying all this was like, you know, just because you're not necessarily into something, why are you trying to bring something down? Because these people obviously are into it. And her, her statement of no one is interested in this. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so we just had the Olympia. Let's say they sold 500,000 live feed streams at $70 a pop. Yeah. How many thousands of people showed up at Vegas this weekend or last weekend to watch the Olympia? Um, how many pages are talking about this on body, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, et cetera. I'm like, you're talking about it, right? Yeah. I'm like, so 
I think you're wrong about people not being interested in this because, <laughs> and I, and I, I stated those numbers. I'm like, no, not for nothing, but you know, the Yorton cup happens every year, which is the natural bodybuilding super, super bowl. Can you name one winner of any division from this last year? And how many people do you think showed up to watch it or bought the live stream? Yeah. I was like a hundred, maybe 500. Yeah. My point was that like, people are obviously interested in this secondarily. You're throwing these claims at this woman, Natalia, who's what, 23, 24 years old, yeah. selling at her sport. She's yeah. also a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Like the, I think she's already graduated. So she's well versed on quote unquote health risks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was really just like going back and forth with her. And she kept on saying, well, no one wants to look like that. And, and, and I'm like, you're wrong, obviously, because so many people are interested in this, which kind of associates a desire to look like that yeah. in some way, shape or form. There's an interest on, at least, you know, there's an interest at least. Exactly. Yeah. And she was posting pictures of Aaron Stern, who we're friends with, who yeah. won Miss Olympia in figure years ago. Right. And I'm like, it's I funny that you pick that Yeah, I go, weekend. it's funny that you pick Aaron Stern while a great competitor and she is natural and I believe her. She carries more muscle in the bikini division now than she carried in figure because this woman was propping her up as this is the ideal look that uh, that any woman should should aspire to look at. Oh, and well, thankfully I guess we just, had her to tell us, I guess. Well, yeah, and that was my point. I was like, look, I don't diss people that do arm wrestling competitions or, yeah. you know, whatever sport that maybe I'm not interested in. It's how people spend their time. It's how we, we, we share our interests. We communicate with each other. There's obviously a shared interest in this crazy sport of ours. And it's right. growing every single year, as we see by the number of bot professional shows and amateur shows. And for some reason, it just struck a nerve with me. And I also know that Nate got into it with several people this, uh, this weekend. Oh, really? And, well, I think so, didn't Skip send a message that he had saw, seen on a message board to our group? Oh, what was it? Because uh, remember offhand, but I basically do. saying that Chris Bumstead would beat all the open bodybuilders, and which is just friggin' hilarious. Some of these arguments that people are trying to make are, are ridiculous. If, if that were the case, then why didn't Chris go and do the open bodybuilding? Yeah. You know, why didn't they just I mean, give it to him? Why didn't they just, why they just give him? it to him? Yeah, yeah and, and, and I think there's a lot of uh, the old school pros that were pulling up a picture of Akeem, who's not known for his conditioning in his upper back, yeah. versus Barry Demay who had a very, he was very conditioned in the back through every show he ever did and saying the conditioning is just awful this year. It absolutely sucks. And, it, and these competitors don't know how to get in shape anymore. And even Chris Aceto got in on it himself, oh, you know, and, and Chris has coached people for you know 30 years and he's coached people back then he's coached people now. So I think he has a pretty good, good read of the meter in terms of conditioning in the sport because he's been coaching these same, you know, these athletes in this sport throughout the whole time. Right. So anyway, I, I was just kind of annoyed this week after seeing all these people complain about the best bodybuilders in the world and how they are not shit and they're not getting into competition or they're too muscular. Or they're not muscular. It just, it's like, then stop watching them. You Did know? that like, lady comment back to you? Did she oh, mean? we argued for a good like day. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Like yeah. a good day. And, and my, you know, like when I argue, I, I'd never go to a place of calling names or. For sure reverting to like your lack of intelligence or that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, look, as someone that's coached athletes who got second and third place in the world in these divisions, as yeah. someone that works with over hundred, you know, 30 clients at a time at any given part of the year, yeah. like I know what the, oh, her thing was that this girl's, uh, the big one that got me was Natalia Coelho was never going to have kids. Okay. And How does she know I pulled, that's does my that point. Matter? Why does that matter? Well, if I don't have kids and what's your, what's your business, you know? 
Well, she's dead wrong though. Okay. Like, like, cause I'm like, I deal with women every day that have never touched a PED in their life that have issues with fertility. And right, it's, right. it's, it's from a number of issues and we work on fixing them. And a lot of times they can get pregnant. But I also pulled up a picture of Chad Nichols' wife, Kim Krzyzewski. She was yeah. a two-time Miss Olympia. And I pulled up the picture of her when she was gassed to the gills. I mean, oh, yeah. like freaky, right? Yeah. And I'm in like, a day where girls were a lot bigger than, than Natalia in a different division, like bigger, you exactly. know, bodybuilding. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, so it might shock you to learn that Kim actually downsized two years later and was a figure competitor. And I showed a picture of her and she looked every bit figure. I yeah. was like, and within two years after that, she gave birth to her first of two kids, one of who's 18, the other who's 14 now. Yeah. Like, so where is this whole fertility thing come? You're, you're speaking about things you don't understand. Like, yeah. just because she's big and Jack, she'll never be able to have kids. Like you're, you just don't know what you're talking about. Did you shut so, her down? Um, I don't think she bought anything I was telling her. Yeah, and okay. it, it's one of those things where once your it's Facebook, your mind's made up. Yeah. And, but, but my overarching point was like, why are, why are you even, why are you wasting your time commenting on this? If you don't like it, yeah. like, like I don't comment on, uh, I don't know. I can't think of something. I don't really care. Like, like golf. I'm not a golf fan, but I don't go on golf pages and start running my mouth. Like, oh, golf's such a waste yeah. of time. And you're just sitting around and you can smoke cigarettes while you do it. And, yeah. you know, we don't go to the natural organizations, too, and be like, why are you wasting all your time to look like shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I mean, like, I wouldn't even say that game. because I respect the effort they put in. But True, it's like, exactly. But, you know, at it's the not same your time, thing. you know, you're, uh, you're, you're yeah. like, you know, it's like yeah. it's not the way you would do it. That's what my it's point is. It's not the way you would do it and be like. Yeah. Why don't you hop on some deep ball or yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, it, it just blows my mind when people have comments about things they know they don't understand, but worse off when they are so interested in something they say they're not interested in and yeah. they have to bash it, you know, Ooh, I just saw, by the way, speaking of Facebook, I'll show you something. Uh, this is from my like time hop thing. Uh, when mm -hmm. I put the show up, I saw this came up. This is uh, this is what my kitchen counter looked like in 2013. I made a post about how I was so excited to use my uh, slow cooker. I would put my chicken in. It says, when the going gets tough, the tough break out the crock pot. <laughs> I set it up before bed and I wake up to several pounds of tender chicken. Mm -hmm. So this gives you an idea of what my life looked like in 2013. This is, yep. you can see what my countertop looked like. Look behind there. You see several different tubs oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's, oh, yeah. that live on the counter, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, same. Our supplements are sprung all over the place. We don't have enough room to be organized. Yeah. I thought you were going to pull up a picture of like your table with like your whole gear cycle lined no. out for like the next 18 <laughs> There's my bottle. I'm going to start with a test and, and D ball and this, and then yeah. 16 weeks out, I'm going to move to this. And then we've graduated. Victoria has uh, helped me figure out places to put up. We have a lot of kitchen storage. So there's that's what women are for. Yeah. They I used to have all just the tubs. how to be organized. Yeah. The tubs used to just sit lined up on the counter like that. Now they all have a place. They don't, they yeah. don't sit out anymore. They all go somewhere. Well, I think in our minds, it's like, well, we're going to use it every three hours. So I just want right. it readily available. What does exactly. it matter if it's hidden? You know, exactly. and anyone that's coming to my house knows that they have the same supplements at their house. So plus they when, know that that's why they're there. Yeah. Plus, when I see it, I'm happy. I know I've got it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, true. yep, there's my protein. I need that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of a status <laughs> thing when people come to your house, they see the amount of supplements you have. You know? but, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. He's doing well. He's big in bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Andrew, if people did want to go find recovery, uh, where do they get that at? GraniteSupplements.com, code Barry10. 
All right. And of course, guys, our programming is all brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. I use the MPA muscle intrusion. They do have, before before uh, John had granite, they had um, MD. Peri-MD. Uh, yeah, Perry MD, uh, which I, I'm still a, personally, I like, it's like a, it's a cherry limeade. I don't like mm-hmm. limeade, so I prefer... Mm-hmm. The MPA muscle intrusion, which is like a lemonade flavor, you know, it's just mm-hmm. my thing. And uh, of course, uh, check out their highly branched cyclic dextrin and everything else. If you guys have any questions about their supplements, hit me up. Go to true Nutri- or excuse me, go to supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. Check out their deals that change week to week. Of course, go to Strom Sports Nutrition if you're in the UK. Lots of great health and performance supplements there. Bodyberry.com if you want to reach out to Andrew for coaching. Hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, you can reach out to Skip, even though he's not with us. Go to TeamSkip.com. You can hit Team Skip up over there. We'll see you back. First episode of the year is going to be with Dave Tate. I'm freaking pumped for that. If you guys have any questions for Dave Tate, post them in the comments for YouTube, mm. along with everything else. And if you haven't subscribed, now's your time to hit that button and hit the bell, too. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate your time, man. I'll say this one thing. Go on to the Elite FTS YouTube page and watch some of the videos of Dave interacting with people. You'll you'll get a kick out of it. Go on some of John's old videos whenever Dave's or whenever he's training at the uh, S4 compound with Dave. Some of the workouts are hilarious. Some of the Dave's comments and just the no bullshit attitude. Like, I think you'll generate some comments and questions for him out of that. I'm sure you will. That's some good stuff. And I mean, he's just such a wealth. It's going to be a good show. I'm sure of that. For sure. All right, guys, for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody, in the live stream.